Thanks for listening to Open the Word. Today, we're throwing it back and dusting off an episode from the archives. We've had some great conversations over a decade of radio ministry that deserve to be heard again. So you might hear some new voices and old references, but we hope you still enjoy these episodes. You found a place to belong here in the Circle of Friends. I'm Missy, and today I have my good friend Gwen with me. Welcome back, Gwen. Hi, Missy. It is a pleasure to be here. Busy season for you, isn't it? You know it is. It is. It's a fun season. Yeah. It's a very fun season. Now, how old are your kids? Oh, my. I have a fourth grader this year who's nine, and then I have a kindergartner who's five. Wow. I can't believe it. That's it just seems like yesterday she was tiny and he was tiny and and you uh, I, I love this story because you went from a foster mom to a single mom you yeah. you, you you're a single gal that chose to become a mother at, through the foster care system and i just think that is so wonderful and i've seen the changes and what god has done through that and what i mean just the difference in their whole life yeah. i mean to have you as a, as a mama to love and the you know just and the, your extended family and all of those things when they literally had so much pain and woundedness before, you know? Yeah. I mean, my little guy came so scared. Yeah. Um, and so to watch him, he's just loving life. Yeah. And it's just so much fun to see him feel safe and just to yeah. branch out and play baseball and do, oh, that's you know, amazing. all kinds of crazy stuff. It's just fun. That is amazing. And that's a very difficult and challenging role to take on for sure because because you take on so much with them so you you take on all of their challenges and they become your challenges and and you can't quote unquote fix it you you have to walk through it with them and allow the sort of work yeah you have to sort through it and it's an ongoing journey forever really i mean as they work through those things and life life seasons and changes and all of that i've watched a lot of people go through that and some of them have a a really rough time a really rough time and sometimes Sometimes part of what kids walk into, walk into families with, yes, is stuff that can't be touched. You know, I mean, there's so much stuff that's hereditary or just, you know, a part of the struggle of being adopted. Yeah. That, you know, you're always and forever kind of feel that torn between the old and the new and, you know, the allegiances and just all of that stuff that lives in the brains of a kid, depending on how they view where they've come from and the whole adoption process so it really it really is just each kid is so different and and sometimes them at 10 is totally different than them at 17 yes yeah in their struggles and so you know it's kind of a you don't know what you're going to get right you don't know what this journey is going to look like well and you certainly need to feel called to it i've I've watched a good friend of mine go through that and there was no question ever that god called them to foster and to adopt, and they adopted three children, uh, plus they had two of their own biological children. And it brought a lot of problems into the family, for sure, and there were a lot of struggles on the way. And uh, it's it's neat now, after all these years, they've been a long time coming, 25, 30, seeing the family dynamics kind of settle in and seeing, you know, looking back, knowing everything they went through. But through that whole process, uh, there was never a question whether God called them to do that or not. And I think that's the only thing that really brought them through some of that. And it's always it's always intrigued me when I think about uh, how God God has put something in us to, to love with a passion mm-hmm. our parents, our family, yeah. our... It's like young kids will give parents 
so much grace a thousand times you know not second or third chance but a thousand chances and and still long for that some way somehow even when that is irre irrevocably broken in some way right. they still long for that there's still that Absolutely. longing in them to be to have that relationship and i I think that does translate spiritually for us, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, I, I love Tozier. He said there's a God-shaped hole in all of us, that we are literally built and made for God to dwell within us and that longing for our spiritual father. Yeah. I, you know, I, I look at my kids and uh, my son has, I think he's trauma bonded to me because he's replaced a lot of that. And I, I wonder what will happen to that as he gets older. Now, explain that, that that phrase just a little bit for the trauma bond. Um, because of what he went through, he felt like his mom betrayed him, I think. Because mm -hmm. um, so, she didn't protect. Right. She, she didn't, didn't protect. She didn't hear him. Mm -hmm. And he was screaming it about, he, he was telling everybody yeah. how scared he was. Yeah. And so was his brother. Yeah. Um, and so... He just did not feel hurt. I mean, that is just obvious in so many ways for him um, because you even start to question his story and he just gets so overwhelmed and up upset and worked up. Um, and so he just felt very um, unheard by her to the point where the the counselor that I had took him to for assessments and things in the beginning actually said there was secondary trauma with mom. Um, and so he literally pushed her away and he latched onto me. Um, and, and I think some of it was, I just felt like God was um, asking me to look at him and be very protective and to just come in and say, no, it is a mama's job yeah. to keep your kids safe. Yeah. And, and to really define what a mom is supposed to be and do. And I think he just took that definition and he took my promise and he just grabbed onto it. Um, it's nothing for him to look at me like he did two days ago and go, Mom, if I wouldn't have come to you, would I be dead? I mean, just it's that level yeah. of for him, it's yeah. that deep. Um, and so the and other side does not get that. Mm -hmm. And so until he's old enough, I, I'm not able to include family just because of his stuff. But, yeah. you know, it's just a... It's a reality for him. Mm -hmm. And not a lot of foster kids actually do that. Yeah. So that's a very unique piece for our story. Yeah. And it, I, as you said, each child is so individual and unique and their stories are unique. And this friend that I mentioned, her her kids actually came from, um, I, I think the father was eventually identified as a psychopath. Mm -hmm. So so the kind of trauma that they suffered was Un uh, yeah, unbelievable. unbelievable. Yeah. And and that, of course, brought all of that into the Absolutely. the family dynamics that are already there and all of that, that kind of a thing. So especially so, if they're a little bit older. Yes, exactly. And lived under that. Exactly. Yeah. So. Uh, and as you say, not that's these are unique and probably to the, you know, the pendulum is swung far wide in these cases. But it is true that we all have baggage, so to speak. You know, even even those of us who have healthy relationships, you know, we have things from our family of origin or we just we're just we just live in a broken world and we're broken people. Um, and recognizing that, I think, is is the first step in towards health. I think my mom, we, we did foster care when I was a teenager and had a lot of foster kids come in and out. And um, my mom, I think, said one time that it, 
it felt a little bit like when we got foster kids, they would come in with garbage bags full of their stuff. Yeah. Which in and of itself is just horrifying and traumatizing that all everything you own comes is put in a garbage bag yeah. and taken with you to a home. But, um, you know, on the receiving end of that, you're getting a bag, a garbage bag, and you're sorting through trying to figure out how much you can save. And my first experience was my sister Tasha coming to our house. And I will never forget going through that garbage bag and realizing that this is all she's got. And most of it was McDonald's toys and most of it was filthy. And just going through and going, how do I, I mean, I was, I was 14, 16, uh, something like that. I think I might've been 15. Um, and mom's looking at me overhead and she said, why don't you take the doll clothes and wash them? And you guys can play that you're doing laundry. And, you know, and so I was very much, she, she was washing clothes, trying to figure out if there were outfits and, you know, what right. it and nothing fit my sister, nothing matched. They had just thrown clothes in a bag. Um, there was, I mean, there weren't underwear, there weren't socks. They just, it, there was just so much missing. Um, and then the toys were awful. The mom soaked for three days, Tasha's dolls and Tasha showed no attachment. My sister showed no attachment to any of it. Um, it just was stuff, yeah. and, you know? So, I mean, I, I will never forget my mom working for like three days to get those dolls to smell right. And that was years ago, but mom, I think at some point in that process turned and looked at me and said, you know, it really is like we get a kid who has a bag of garbage mm. and we know there's precious gems and good stuff inside, but there's a whole lot of sorting that has to happen Yeah, and a whole lot of cleaning things up and, you know, just restoring and redeeming a lot of things. It truly is. And that, I mean, I feel like as people, that's a good analogy. Yeah, that you is know? a good analogy for all of we us. We all have a yeah. bag, whether it's a garbage bag or, or a luggage. <laughs> and we didn't decide necessarily what got put into that before 18. Right. You right. know, and, and we just get it. We get <laughs> it's it. It's ours. This is your quote unquote <laughs> stuff. Now figure it out. Right. Yeah. You know, and a lot of us are not taught to, we need to assess what's in our bag. Right. And we need to add to it if it's not sufficient for functioning. You know, if we haven't been trained in finances, if we haven't, you know, then we need to add to our bag, um, you know, and how to assess that and that kind of thing. Anyway, yeah. But, you know, just that idea of taking kind of the bag of your life and sorting through it, yeah. you know, and, and figuring out what what is the state of me. Wow. As I've inherited it after 18, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the amazing thing is, Gwen, as I think about that, that's, it, it's really, truly profound for us to think about because I don't think some of us don't realize that till we're in our mid-30s or maybe even later, you know, that, oh, we Absolutely. we have things that we need to sort out or, you know, it, it takes a while before the light bulbs pop on and off and we go, oh, oh, that's why I do this or this is why that's a problem or I've, I've never this considered this. But he heads over this is he's got his way. Man, I'm oh, mine. Like your family's different than my family. Well, I didn't, you know, I didn't, I never connected those two dots before. All of that stuff happens as you journey through life and you and you gain experience Absolutely. and and you grow as a person and you grow spiritually and all of those things. If you can figure it out the younger you are, boy, that just that that excites me because I think then you're then you're setting yourself on a path that is, you know, free from the underbrush of yeah. most of that stuff. There's still problems. There's still things you'll run into, but 
if you're not dragging all of that with you or you've yeah. sorted through that and you, you know, or you're at least aware of what's in there. Right. Yeah. I mean, exactly. you can't fix what you don't know you've got. Exactly. You know, I, I will never forget the one couple who I, I was doing marriage counseling with and we humorously were trying to figure out what was in each person's bag that they were bringing to the marriage. And the husband looked at me at one point and started to chuckle. And he goes, wait a minute, is this our bathroom problem? And they said, what? And he goes, well, he goes, she is forever walking in on me when I'm in the bathroom. And so what we realized is that she grew up with three girls who were always in the bathroom together in various states of getting dressed. And he grew up with him and a brother. And so they had their upstairs in their own bathroom. And so whoever had the bathroom had the bathroom. And then you just switched, you know, and the door was locked and you did your thing and you came out and you were dressed and ready to go. And so we talked about a few boundary issues there. Right. The boundary differences and what privacy looked like and how different it was. And it was just that's a humorous example. But they had no idea why they were clashing with that. It was driving him crazy. Yeah. And she was trying to figure out what the like, deal what's was. Your, what's your deal, buddy? What's your deal? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that is hilarious. Well, we all have, we all have those uh, those things that we've grown up with and um, yeah. learning to kind of integrate them and understand them with other people. Um, you know, verses that come to mind with being a foster parent and kind of doing that. And Isaiah 61 comes to mind, Missy. Um, and just a couple of pieces. I, I, I don't know. You want to read it all, or yeah, you want let's, to do it. Let's let's look right at it. I think that's a good place okay. to start. Um, Isaiah sixty one is actually talking about Jesus, but um, the one thing when God kind of highlighted this for me in my heart, He said, um, "You are to be about what I am about." Mm-hmm. And so it might look different than what Jesus did, and for Him, He specialized it for me you know, to counseling and, and also to like kids um, and fostering. So it, yeah, um, I'll start in verse one. The spirit of the Lord it, God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted and to proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant those who mourn in Zion, giving them a garland instead of ashes, oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting, so that they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. Then they will rebuild the ancient ruins, and they will raise up former devastations. They will repair the ruined cities and the desolation of many generations." There's more you can kind of read on for that, but yeah, you know this actually this this passage is really where um, my first uh, fiction book uh, called Double Honor came out of. Just several um, verses down in verse seven, instead of your shame, you shall have double honor, and instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land they shall possess double everlasting joy shall be theirs. And this whole portion of scripture has been a promise to me for a long time, knowing that it's speaking of Jesus and what he's done, but what he's claimed for us, you know, that he's, he's rebuilt us. He's given us a new, we are a new creation in Christ. The old is, the old is gone. The new has come. And, and can I tell you, I love that you brought that verse up because for Joshua, that's our verse. Is it? Oh. Yeah. Because I, I looked at him and I said, the old, the scary, it's yeah. gone. Yeah. The, it's a new world, but yeah. it's a new world. Yep. Yeah. Everything is new. 
And so when I adopted him, he actually switched his name. I love this story and so it, much. <laughs> We're all told you. I know that. I know. Please do. Um, he, like, after being with me probably eight months, we, um, he was, Mommy, what's going to happen with the big forever? And we had differentiated the big and the little forever. The short forever was for now. Yeah. And the long forever was the, the forever, forever part. You know, what in the future. Um, and so I walked him through what the options were. And the last one, I mean, obviously was staying with me. And I said, well, you would stay with me with the last option and you'd be adopted. And so your name would change and you'd forever be a McCaslin. And he goes, my name would change? No. You mean I don't have to be? And he'd said his old name. And, and I looked at him. I said, well, I, I probably keep that name, right? And he's like, no. I, I changed it. I want to change it. What do we change it to, Mom? And I'm like, okay, Lord, I'll go here. Right? <laughs> and so I said, well, whatever we wanted to change it to, whatever you wanted. I said, I would be okay letting you pick your name. And I said, you know, that would be kind of cool because nobody gets to pick their own name. Yeah. And uh, he, so he's like, well, what, 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 what can we make it, Mommy? And I said, okay well and I'm like David and I'm you know I'm yeah. and he's going no oh, I don't like that no no and I said Joshua and he goes I like Joshua <laughs> and I said well I love that you like Joshua because you've been so scared and I said Joshua is the one person in the Bible that God tells over and over to be strong and courageous yeah you know and he was facing some pretty scary stuff and pretty scary dudes and he looked at me and he goes really I said, yeah. And his his eyes, his little eyes got so big. And I thought, you know, I'm like, yeah, well, he'll he'll change his mind. You yeah. know, yeah. he's he's like six, he's five, he's six. You know, there, there's no way by the time we get to the place where adoption is even an option, he, this right. will be long gone. He probably won't even remember. Oh, no. He remembers. Oh, no. He went to church and told them to call him Joshua. <laughs> like, I'm he, changing it now. <laughs> yeah. He's like, Mommy, can't can't you change my name now? I'm like, no, buddy, we cannot do that now. And so I'll be doggone that kid held on to that name for like a year and a half. And when it came time for adoption, he just decided absolutely wanted that. That is awesome. I just, and he just, he's taken on just this um, desire to be strong and courageous and, you know, to be a gentleman and leader and, you know, so it's, Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, just with this verse, I was just thinking with this verse, it's pretty obvious that that um, the 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 one that is being talked about, Jesus's job is is to just bind up this hurting, broken person. Yeah. And when you get a foster kid, that's what you're getting. You're getting a child that's just hurting, whether they're grieving the fact that they're away from the people they care about, yeah. whether they are just grieving the changes in their life whether they lost school whether they lost whatever it was yeah you know just they're grieving they're sad they're broken they're hurting they're scared they're you know and so you're rebuilding the foundations in their life and you're yeah yeah those are some pretty powerful verses especially as you said as it applies to foster kids but you know truly for all of us we've 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 we all carry some sort of baggage, so to speak. We all carry some sort of hurts and wounds and things from the past. It's a broken world. We we're, we are imperfect people, raised by imperfect people. 
and in relationships with perfect imperfect, imperfect people. people. Exactly. So there are problems for everybody, exactly. and some are extremely severe, such as jo- your yeah. son Joshua's and uh, and your daughter's was. But but wherever you are on that scale, this applies to us, is what I'm trying to say. This is for you, listener. This is for me, uh, Missy. This is for you, Gwen. As we look at those things in our life where we've had wounds or we've had struggles or challenges or or maybe we've had someone, you know, hurt us in some way to recognize that Jesus himself, um, he's He's the one that comes to heal, yeah. to bind up. Um, Absolutely. You know, and over and over again, Scripture tells us that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted, that He that he's close to those who, who humble themselves. And so when you ask for help and you go to him, he's there. He's there for you. Um, don't rely on the emotional part of it because it may not come right then. Yeah, you may true. feel like he's not close, true. but his promises in his word say that he is. And so, um, so I, I clung well, to that. And Missy, I, I want to shatter that a little bit and kind of, you know, my story, I have, I had a friend in college who had trauma and, and getting her to open up, she looked at me and uh, and I think in God's wisdom said, I will share one thing for every one thing you share with me. Mm-hmm. And I was a kid who up to that point, like I thought I had nothing mm-hmm. to share, mm-hmm. you know, because my parents were still married. We grew up in church. Like, you know, there, there was, I, I had nothing to pull from. And, you know, the interesting thing was I did. I just didn't realize that. Yeah. I was just so unaware of what was in my bag at the time. And and the thing was, I think she could feel, I don't know that she could see, but I think she could feel that I had stuff in my bag. Yeah. Because you live it. Yeah. You know, it just. It comes out. (laughs) We have buttons. And in relationship, those buttons get triggered. We have insecurities. We have, you know, things. We, We, you know, whether it's that we lose our temper or we withdraw, you know, we'll, there's a myriad of reactions that we can have to buttons in our lives and so um that was kind of the start of my journey at like realizing I had a bag first (laughs) yeah and then I had stuff in the bag um but then also like living at college and being outside the home Mm -hmm. and then coming back Mm -hmm. really stressed some of the stuff that was in the bag right and so like as time went on you got out of your quote-unquote normal right yeah Right. And the roles that I had carried, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I kind of like years later, I'm, you know, meeting Marsha Deal for the first time. And she's like, so what do your parents think of what you're doing right now? And I was doing, you know, campus ministry as a missionary mm-hmm. for two years. I, I had committed to two years. And five minutes later, I'm bawling to the point of hyperventilating, wow. not, not able to just, you know, and and it was. I mean, some of it was my mom was parenting middle schoolers mm-hmm. and I was, I was doing life and, and I, but when I left home, her world didn't stop mm-hmm. <laughs> and she kept doing what she was doing and I was out of her bubble. Mm-hmm. I didn't need a lot of energy. And so I think at that point, like it just stressed the mom daughter connection that we had. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like I lost my best friend. Yeah. Um, and so she was just busy and she had no idea how it felt. Um, and so like that led to just a whole lot of processing and chewing and eventually learning to define myself separate, um, Mm -hmm. and who am I differently and just 
you know, and realizing what was in that bag. Because, you know, when you don't realize you have it and then. Yeah. And then suddenly you're in the midst of the emotional outpouring of it. And you're not even like, I don't even know why I'm upset or crying what I'm dealing with. So I love that you point out that we have we have to know what's in there, because when we know what's in there, it is what that's when those light bulbs go off and we can we can connect those things and we can respond rather than react in the situation. And that is really key in in living out what God has already done in us, in that new person that we're becoming. And being that new creation, we don't have to respond in the old way. Exactly. Uh, especially when you recognize, oh, I respond that way. Because yeah. we don't always. So, Well, and getting that closer and closer to real time. Yes. You know, like yes. In, the, in the moment, I can see what I'm doing and I can intervene. You know, because a lot of times that's the hard part. Like three days later, we realize. Yeah, three days later, we're like, oh, yeah, I've done that many, many times. Like, oh, I just realized that, you know, a week ago when all that was going, I just I just figured all that out. And this is what's happening. And by then it's sort of beyond the moment in your, how do I address this? Yeah. How, what do I do with that now? <laughs> this back up? Can we just move on from there or do we have to? Oh, well, Gwen, it's the end of our day already today. I can't believe it. But uh, listeners, thanks for joining us today here in the Circle of friends. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening today. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We'd love to hear from you. So find us on Facebook and Instagram at Open the Word Podcast or send us an email to openthewordpodcast at gmail.com. Is it time for you to plan a day trip with your peeps? Come and stay a while at Shia Market in Berlin. There is something for everyone, no matter what your taste or style may be. Visit the Village Gift Barn for your custom floral arrangements and timeless accessories for your home. Stroll upstairs to Shia Style Boutique for your perfect outfit. Everything from accessories to shoes. Be inspired at country gatherings with decor from Modern Farmhouse to transitional design. Then meander through the gardens for a large selection of houseplants. And last but not least, order your perfect cup of brew at the Buggy Brew Coffee Company. End your day by gathering to relax in our courtyard. You will leave feeling connected and refreshed.